Hello, and welcome to the Skeleton Factory Podcast, episode 41. This is Adam coming to you from Austin, Texas, and today will be an introduction into the world of trauma. Are you a fan of classic horror comedies like Cabin Cabin in the the Woods, Woods, The The Evil Evil Dead, Dead, Reanimator, Beetlejuice, and more contemporary cult classics like The Dead Dead Don't Don't Die, Die, Uncle Uncle Peckerhead, and One One Cut cut of the the Dead. All these delightfully spooky and splatter gore films owe a debt to Trauma Entertainment. But what is Trauma? Well, Trauma Entertainment is a low-budget independent film company based in New York City. Started back in 1974 by founders Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz. For nearly 50 years, Trauma has made and distributed horror comedies and exploitation films that are often wonderfully campy. With a library of nearly 1,000 titles consisting of movies, TV shows, short films, and internet content. Movies rather made in-house or acting as a distribution hub for some great films like Christmas Evil, which I covered on Skeleton Factory, episode 15, on the episode entitled Christmas Cannibalism and Shootouts. Also, Troma put out Astro Zombies, directed by Ted V. Mickles, who in the cult film world has written and directed and produced all types of wonderful films, such as The Corpse Grinders and Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Also, Troma distributed a film called Cannibal the Musical that was a college film project done by Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park fame. And I discuss Cannibal the Musical on episode 29 of Skeleton Factory on the show entitled Politically Incorrect Cannibal Movies. So, Troma brought us such titles as The Toxic Avenger, Tromeo and Juliet, Serve Nazis Must Die, Class of Newcomb High, and Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. Many of Troma's biggest titles were directed or co-directed by Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz. But this episode is more of an introduction to Troma because with a thousand titles, a helpful guide may be helpful. So let's jump ass first into the title that is synonymous with Troma, The Toxic Toxic Avenger. Avenger. There are four Toxic Avenger films as of this recording, and today we will cover them all. Starting with The Toxic Avenger from 1984, the original installment of this series, directed by Michael Herz and Lloyd Kaufman. This story follows a skinny, awkward nerd named Melvin Junko who works as a janitor at the Tromaville Health Club in the fictional New Jersey town of Tromaville. Tromaville is featured in many trauma films. It's like Stephen King setting all his stories in Maine 
So Melvin Junko is a nice fellow who loves his job, like a Stanley Spakowski uh, character from UHF. But the crazy coke-addicted regulars hate Melvin. And I gotta say, it's not for no reason. Yes, the regulars are asshole-ish bullies, but Melvin is also kind of a shitty janitor. So the bullies at the health club are... uh, (laughs) Their names are Bozo, Slug, and their girlfriends, Wanda and Julie. They decide to humiliate poor Melvin by tricking him into wearing a tutu and making out with a sheep. The bullies and ensuing mob of the health club end up chasing Melvin throughout the gym and ultimately ending with Melvin jumping out of a window and landing head first into an uncovered barrel of bubbling toxic waste, transforming him into the hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength known as the Toxic Toxic Avenger. Avenger. Or Toxy, for short. Since Bozo, Slug, Wanda, and Julie are evil bad people who run over innocent kids with their car for fun, and that's a thing in the movie, <laughs> to uh, demonstrate how how despicable they are. They they run over children on their bikes, which um, which is kind of... <sighs> Toxic Avenger movies are weird because they're known for different things. You know, like some movies are just known for kind of specific things or specific quotes. And uh, the Toxic Adventure movies are kind of like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, The Shining or Big Lebowski or something. Where there's all these little things that people kind of grasp onto that they get a kick out of. And one of them is the, um, these, <laughs> these, the Bozo Slug Wanda and Julie characters uh, uh, looking for people to run over with their car, and they run over this kid who's probably like 12 or something. They run him over, and they run over his head, and his head explodes. And, I mean, I've read on the internet that uh, the running over of the head was basically like mannequin body, like probably... They say it's like a melon, but it's it's probably like a like a cantaloupe or something like that. And the cantaloupe was filled with fake blood, and then they ran the fucking head over. I think they put a wig on it and ran it over. So when it exploded, it actually looked like pretty real. And um, even though it was probably made for like it was an effect made for like a few bucks, but that's like one thing that is kind of known about the movies like the exploding fucking ran over head scene you know so so they're basically they're generally despicable people and they um and Toxie must dish out his own brand of justice namely uh beating the shit out of uh criminal types or just killing them in wacky slapsticky ways along with other um other dastardly robbers and rapists, drug pushers, corrupt politicians. There's a unique dichotomy in the Toxic Avenger films, and that's the violence of the bad people versus the violence of Toxie. The violence of the criminals 
comes off very cruel and extreme and realistic at times. The running over the head scene is an example of that. Also, there's a scene where three armed, um, like, 80s street thugs, let's call them, um, you know, they kind of look like a mixture of, you know, they look like they're some, like, out of the, characters out of the Warriors or the early Mad Max films or something like that. But they, they these these three thugs go and rob a Mexican restaurant. Uh, during this robbery, they shoot a dog. They attempt a rape uh, and shoot a dude in the chest with a shotgun. And it's, pre- I mean, it's, for such a goofy movie, uh, <laughs> like, scenes like that, um, they play realer than you would expect. Because, you know, you're sort of lulled into this false sense of security with all this sort of, like, goofy acting and, you know, kind of pun-filled, like, kind of comedic goofiness. But then you have these scenes of violence and they they come off, like, more real than the setting that, you know, that they're contained within. So, um, actually it's funny. One of the guys, uh, actually the guy who, the guy with the shotgun who shot the dude in the chest at the Mexican restaurant. So that particular like thug character who's like chewing up the scenery and shit like that. And, uh, that guy's name is Patrick Kilpatrick. And he was one of the bad guys in uh, Under Siege 2. He's the guy who, um, he's the guy who says, Casey fucking Ryback, he's the best there is. He's that guy. Um, he's also the character of uh, Mr. Byrals in Class of 1999. If you remember that, that's another Stacy Keach. Pam Greer's in that movie. Um, is Michael Ironside in that? No, Michael Ironside's not in that. But yeah, he's uh, he plays one of the uh, cyborg like robot teachers at a high school in the future, in the future of 1999, uh, who basically are these like killing machines and class of 1999. Check it out. Um, it's it's a fun movie, as is uh, Class of 1984, which came before it. And I don't know if those two are actually connected in any way, because they don't seem to be. Um, I mean, the name suggests that they are, but I don't know. Class of 1984 and uh, Class of 1999, are, uh, they're fun movies. So, um, Also, Patrick Kilpatrick, he... Uh, in reality, that is, he ran unsuccessfully against uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom in the 2021 gubernatorial recall election, and um, and that's a shame. I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't really follow any, you know, I didn't follow much of the. Uh, gubernatorial recall election of, uh, of Gavin Newsom, but um, I wasn't even really aware that 
fucking uh, Patrick Kilpatrick was one of the people running against him. But from what I read, he didn't really carry much of the vote at all. Like, I think he got less than 2% or something like that. Um, which is about what Kamala Harris's approval rating is uh, going <laughs> going into her initial run uh, for president uh, before she was just deemed vice president. But, um, but yeah, he's, uh, Gavin Newsom, come on, California, what are you doing? California, 60% of California wanted to keep Gavin Newsom as governor. Mm. That's very telling, California. So, um, Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Patrick Kilpatrick, there's a scene where he even points a shotgun in the face of a crying baby. And it's not like they shot it in a way where they cut to him pointing the gun, then they cut to the baby crying, and then they you're just supposed to infer that he's pointing the gun at the baby's face, like... It's like both of them in frame. Like it's a mother holding her crying child and he's holding, he's like pointing a fucking shotgun and screaming at a baby. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's fun. But anyways, uh, <laughs> but when, uh, when Toxie foils this robbery, um, I mean, you kind of go back to, more campy violence, kind of over-the-top, cartoonish, campy violence. And, well, for instance, okay, so the three guys, okay, and they're, they're robbing the place, and and um, Toxie takes one guy, and he traps one of, he traps the guy um, in the kitchen. So basically, he kind of, the fight with these three guys finishes in the kitchen, and he takes one guy, and he puts the guy's hands into a boiling deep fryer and he kind of like ties him up so he can't get away. So the guy's hands are just boiling in a deep fryer and he probably dies. And I imagine he'd go into shock and and probably die from that uh, since he can't get away or anything like that. Ooh, I have a deep fryer story. I actually, um, I tripped and fell in my, one of my hands fell into a deep fryer when I was in high school. And it was really bad. <laughs> I had to go to the hospital. My local hospital in Manteca, California could not. They couldn't work on my hands. They were not qualified. So they just injected me with a lot of morphine. Um, and sent me off to uh, Davis, California. Which is a town next to Sacramento. And I guess they have... A fantastic burn clinic there, state of the art, and that's where they uh, peeled all the skin off my hands and and took me into a clean room. This room was like something out of a sci-fi film or something. It was like this uh, perfectly clean, sterile white room where you know they they worked on my hand that was kind of like skin was like peeling and boiling off my hands. It was it was very bad. It was a it was a very bad thing to happen in your like high school job. This was like my job in high school, uh, working at this restaurant and sustaining uh, an emergency room worthy trip was uh, 
not fun. So anyway, Toxie uh, boils one guy's hands in a deep fryer, and then there's another guy where he um, he he's the, uh, this guy's the, like uh, the attempted rapist of the group, and he tears one of the guy's arms off, and then like backhands him with his own arm, which is pretty cool, and then um, picks the guy up and then throws him into an oven. Um, more specifically, uh, what's can, what's called a deck oven and a deck oven is sometimes used in the, uh, preparation of, uh, pizza. It's a very long, but thin oven. The, the door of it is probably about five feet, five to six feet. And the, the door, the opening itself of the oven is probably about a foot and then the inside of the oven, instead of having racks like a normal oven, it's it's, it's stone. It's very flat stone. And um, yeah, he just like smushes this one-armed fucking criminal into the oven. Very cool indeed. But when it comes time to kill uh, the... The third, the the shotgun thug, let's call him uh, Patrick Kilpatrick. He uh, it gets really creative. Uh, Toxie makes a Sunday in Patrick Kilpatrick's mouth, right? So he like throws him up on the table near the uh, the dessert area, and he uh, let's see, he he begins making a Sunday in his mouth. So he puts like ice cream and fucking milk and all this shit in his mouth and a cherry and and then he like pulls his head over to where the ice uh, the milkshake machine is and then he just impales him through the mouth with the milkshake machine thus killing him very creative indeed and um, if the farcical cartoonish violence of Peter Jackson's bad taste the first Peter Jackson film all of cult classic it's fantastic I love bad taste uh, or Ricky O the story of Ricky and if you haven't seen Ricky O the story of Ricky you really owe it to yourself to see it so I mean go see Ricky O it's um, it's a very unique film the violence is way over the top, but it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's, it's very enjoyable. I can't, I can't uh, recommend Ricky O the story of Ricky more. Okay. Also Peter Jackson's bad taste is pretty fucking good too. Do, do check that out. But those, but those movies have really over the top cartoonish, absurd, uh, bloody violence. And um, it really, it really helps kind of add some levity to the movie, even though it's violent and gross. It's just so over the top that it's really, really funny, and and trauma in general. But um, you know, the Toxic Avenger films have have that. You know, they have tons of it and it's, it's really, really, uh, really makes the movie really. Cause it's like the movie is low budget. 
not everyone's the best actor in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, sets are cheaply made. You know, it feels like a low budget movie, but it has charm to it, you know, and, and having these like over the top sort of like gross out set pieces um, for silly gore is great. It's like going to a Guar concert. That's what watching a Toxic Avenger movie is like. It's like going to see Guar. Also, if if you don't Guar by the way is like this very theatrical metal band where they've been around for fuck since the 80s. They've been around forever. And um they're basically like monsters from outer space who have a metal band. <laughs> And uh, Shudder, if you have uh, the streaming service Shudder, Shudder has a lovely documentary called, I think it's called This Is Guar. I'm not 100% sure, but if you look up Shudder, Guar, documentary 2022, you'll find it. And the documentary itself is kind of, it's it's definitely had a lot of stuff in it that I didn't know about Guar. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a pretty big Guar fan, I guess. Um, it's a good introduction to kind of like the history of Guar. But uh, the whole thing with Guar is like they would have very violent, over the top, silly um, live performances. Their stage performances are ridiculous. Like they would have, you know, they would bring characters out on stage and then they would like, have big goofy foam swords and cut the character's head off. And then a comical amount of blood would spray out of their neck, like something out of, you know, Shogun Assassin or something like that. And, or Kill Bill or, and it's, um, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Making, making fun of, uh, uh, of horrible violent acts. It is fun. <laughs> Or even the Naked Gun movies. If you're not familiar with the Naked Gun movies, I mean, whether, you know, Bad Taste, Ricky O, what else? The Naked Gun movies. If any of those tickle your fancy, then maybe Trauma, trauma films are for you. Okay. But I mean, if you I mean, if you never heard of Bad Taste, Ricky O, or any Naked Gun, go watch them. They're great. Like Naked Gun, Naked Gun's not particularly violent, um, but it is very funny, and it's a very specific kind of funny that you just don't find nowadays. And that's, you know, the great Leslie Nielsen. If you need to, everything you need to know about Leslie Nielsen. You will find in the Naked Gun films. Very funny man. Rest in peace, uh, Leslie Nelson. So, Toxie ends up getting back at the uh, health club bullies, right? Because we've established that they are worthy of being killed. (laughs) Because they're terrible people. So, um, we go through a, a variety of scenes where basically what happens is, let's see, there's... First, there's Wanda, you know, one of the two girlfriends. He fries Wanda's ass and presumably um, vagina area in 
in a sauna on the steaming hot rocks of a sauna. Does this kill her? We don't know. But it seems incredibly painful. There's a scene. I, I really like this uh, scene. He corners the other girl, Julie, in the basement of the health club. And, and presumably kills her with a pair of scissors. It's not like entirely clear, but the whole, um, the whole scene of of Toxie pursuing Julie, like basically like stalking her, like a like Jason Voorhees or something, um, is really well done. It's like it's something out of a slasher movie from the eighties, and it's kind of like the only scene that's like that in this movie. And um, and people who've seen the movie know what I'm talking about. It's just kind of this, you know, just one of those scenes where he's like, okay, we need to get back at the bully, you know, the gym bullies that turned poor Melvin into Toxic Avenger. And, like, when he goes to get back at them, like, that, that scene where he kills Julie with the scissors is, like, I want to see that whole scene as a movie. Like, that, I don't know why Troma just didn't make slasher movies. <laughs> To be honest, you know, I mean, Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hurst seem to have, uh, especially uh, Lloyd Kaufman seem to have, they like humor. They love satire and um, just doing a straight horror movie is probably just, it's just not in that dude's DNA. You know, he's, he wants to say more than, oh, look at this mask guy stalking and killing vulnerable women. <laughs> and I, you know, of course, yeah, I don't blame him, but. If he would have just had like a few random slasher horror movies in the eighties, they probably would have been fucking awesome. But anyways, so who's left? We have well, we, oh yeah, we have the two boyfriends. We have Slug and Bozo. And after assaulting, there's a scene where after uh, assaulting an old woman and stealing her car, Slug and Bozo basically go on a joyride, and then like Toxie jumps out from around like a corner. And then they see him and they're like, run that fucking, that creature over. But Toxie um, jumps onto the roof of the car. And now they're driving around with the Toxie on top of their car. And they're trying to like, you know, get him off the fucking car. And uh, Toxie reaches in the passenger slide uh, side window and grabs Slug by the neck. And like, I guess he crushes his windpipe. And then, because blood shoots out of his mouth, and then he throws him out of the fucking car, and he just tumbles out of the fucking car. Is he dead? We don't know. But, I mean, he's probably dead. <laughs> he's probably, you know, getting thrown out of a car after your throat gets crushed, and blood shoots out of your mouth, like, you're probably, I mean, you're probably dead, right? So, like Wanda and Julie, um, we don't know. If he's dead or not, but, uh, but you know, we get a, there's some action, you know, there's, a, there's some good scenes of like car chases and explosions and shit like that in the movie that you really kind of see where the budget was put and time and effort was, was put. And it's interesting. Um, so, and finally we have Bozo who's the, he's like the last to die and Toxie jumps into, he's on top of the car, right? Throws slug out of the car and then he like slides into the passenger seat and then um he's fighting over the steering wheel with bozo and 
you know, Bozo's like, let go of the wheel. Give me the wheel. Give me the wheel. You're going to kill us both. And he's like, you want the wheel? And then he just tears the wheel out of the car and just hands it to Bozo. He's like, here, here's the fucking wheel. So they lose control of the car. And the car goes flying off the road and crashes and explodes. And this kills Bozo, but not Toxie because Toxie is an indestructible superhero of uh, superhuman size and strength, of course, as we all know. But this movie has, I don't know, I I know this is probably all sound very violent and, um, uh, and uh, I don't know, it, it sounds more akin to kind of a blunt, dumb 80s action film. But there's, I mean, but everything is played so goofy that um, it keeps it, it, it keeps the fun going. You know, there's, you know, a lot of tongue in cheek and um, the movie has a lot of hearts too. Like you really feel like. Because there's a lot of people in this fucking movie. There's a lot of people in all the Toxic Avengers movies. But there's a fucking giant cast. And uh, you can really tell everyone pulled together to get this movie to happen. And I like that. That really shines through in the film. And Also, there's things like... There's these like classic montages in the film. There's like montages of Toxie and his girlfriend Sarah just... Um, just being a couple of crazy kids in love, you know, and um, <laughs> like them dancing together and them having sex. And, you know, you you could tell that this blind woman, his girlfriend's blind, by the way, <laughs> this blind woman has fallen in love with this uh, deformed creature with a heart of gold that just wants to protect his community. You know what I mean? And there's also... Uh, a montage of Toxie just being heroic, being the the monster hero of this town of of Tromaville. It's just like a montage of him like stopping crimes from happening and helping old ladies cross the street, shit like that. And that stuff really adds like it adds a sweetness to it. It's it's like seeing like a like those like random like kind of montage scenes and like um, I don't know, fucking the Goonies or Ghostbusters or something. Like, uh, even the evil criminal mayor of Traumatown, like, even when he gets his comeuppance after trying to use his power and authority to kill Toxie, the good people of Tromaville band together and stand up against the mayor who en- enlists the National Guard to go after Toxie and Sarah and kill them because, you know, he's convinced them that. He's this terrible threat to this terrible menace. And um, they're the, the, the kind of the townspeople, they're success, successful. And the soldiers stand down. And Toxie squares up with the mayor. And once he stands up to mayor, he says, uh, let's see if you have any guts. And then he punches through the mayor's stomach and rips out his guts. <laughs> And the mayor dies in front of a lot of people, and everyone cheers. <laughs> uh, the end—that's the end of Toxic Avenger. And um, Toxic Avenger is definitely a cult classic. 
I love it. I think it's great. It's it's a uh, if there was a um I don't know if there was a Mount Rushmore to Skeleton Factory to the Skeleton Factory podcast. I think um I don't know. It'd probably it'd be a toss up between having Lloyd Kaufman's face or the Toxic Avengers face on that Mount Rushmore because. You know, I mean, also the Toxic Avenger, Toxie is like, he's like the Mickey Mouse of trauma. Like, he's like their mascot. You know, because that was, that's like the kind of, the that's the movie that everyone knows trauma for, really. So, um, so there, that was kind of a brief synopsis of sort of the, the feeling, this is the, the flavor of Toxic Avenger. And, um, I just suggest you just go watch it for yourself. It's, it's a lot of fun. You can. It's something you can kind of turn your brain off and just get silly and watch a, a silly, low budget film. And um, I enjoy it. And so that's one movie down. And now we can get into the sequels. Now that now that we kind of established the first movie, I can kind of like attack the sequels, and you sort of have a frame of reference of the kind of world we're dealing with here. And with that being said, let's jump into The Toxic Avenger Part 2 from 1989, directed once again by Michael Herz and Lloyd Kaufman. We pick up five years later. Toxie and the good people of Tromaville have rid all the criminals and scum off the, street, off the streets with... No more criminals to murder. Uh, Toxie and his girlfriend, Claire, for um, they work for the uh, Tromaville Center for the Blind. Now, uh, Toxie's girlfriend between part one and part two. Part one was Sarah, who was his blind girlfriend. And it's very funny because he's a hideously deformed superhero of superhuman size and strength. Uh, but Toxie's girlfriend in the first movie was Sarah, and now it's Claire. And it's a different actress, different name, but it's the same character. So I don't know exactly why there was the name change. I don't know uh, because it's the exact same character. She doesn't really have a backstory. So it's like... It's like she's blind and she's Toxie's girlfriend. That's that's her whole character. So why they changed her name, I don't know. But uh, I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. Uh, I like the Claire, the character of Claire. And, um, and I like all the Sarahs. So it's like Sarahs in part one. And then um, I believe it's... And then part two, it's Claire. But I think three and four... It's just, they just revert back to Sarah. Uh, but I don't, like I said, I like all the Sarahs. I like Claire. I think uh, Claire is probably the most, um, well, okay, let me even go a step further. <laughs> even uh, There's even the character of Yvonne, who's Toxie's girlfriend in the animated adaptation uh, called the Toxic Crusaders, which um, I don't know if you grew up with the Toxic Crusaders. I I guess if you're 
in your mid thirties, forties, like you, you grew up with the toxic crusaders, but it's basically just a straight up adaptation from the more rated R, uh, toxic Avenger movies to a more digestible, fun kid show. But a lot of the same, you know, it's still the same, you know, story, basically. It's just kind of mellowed out for kids. And, but that, but that's a, but in the cartoon, the Sarah character is Yvonne. But it's the exact same character. She's blind, she plays an accordion. You know, she's Toxie's girlfriend. And I don't know why the constant name change. I'm not exactly sure why, but I don't know. It's just a thing I thought I'd point out. It's not even really particularly important, <laughs> but but uh, anyways. So after an evil corporation from New York called Apocalypse Incorporated <laughs> uh, roll into town and... They basically, they blow up the center for the blind in an attempt to kill Toxie. So, like, the chairman and his goons are all piled into this limo, and they they send in a fake delivery boy to deliver a package to Toxie, who's inside the center for the blind. So, the package gets delivered, bomb goes inside, and then you get a spectacular explosion. I will say, yeah, trauma. It's like they will definitely spend money on things like blowing up buildings, uh, flipping over cars, lighting shit on fire. I like that they don't skimp on uh, on that part of the budget. So that's really cool. So Center for the Blind explodes, probably killing everybody inside. Um. But I, I, uh, very few people survive. One of them being Claire, who was actually not in the building when it exploded, and of course, Toxie. Um, and they realize that their attempt to blow them up didn't work, and they realize they fucked up when Toxie uh, epically emerges from the rubble with his uh, signature mop, which is like his—that's his—that's like his Captain American shield, is like a mop. <laughs> So uh, he emerges from the rubble and then he ends up having like a wacky fight scene with uh, an assortment of henchmen that emerge from the uh, the evil chairman's limousine and uh, like a clown car. Just just one villain after another. One guy looks like a like a dog boy. There's another guy who looks like Devo. Uh, another guy uh, looks like he's in the Ku Klux Klan. It's, uh, it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, so Toxie basically, like, kicks all their asses. Uh, one of them, including a young Michael Jai White, showing off some sweet nunchuck skills. And you may know Michael Jai White as he, he played Spawn in the 90s adaptation of the comic book of the same name. Uh, he was also... Uh, yeah, he was in the Dark Knight. He was one of the gangster. He's basically the same character. <laughs> he's he's basically the same character uh, in the Dark Knight. Um, you know the the I'm gonna make the pencil disappear Joker scene. Like he's uh, what's his name in it? Gamble or Gimble? I don't know. But uh, yeah, Michael Jai White's in this, so it's cool to see him um, as like some 
random street thug <laughs> with nunchucks. And, um, you know, he's one of like several people who um, started in trauma and then ended up becoming really, really famous. Like, um, like what was it? Director James Gunn is in some uh, trauma stuff. Well, I, I guess you can consider uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone before they did South Park. They did Cannibal the Musical, so they basically started as a uh, in trauma. And uh, who else? You know, there's like little kind of random kind of uh, extra people who played extras. Like I know Marissa Tomei is in one of the. I think she's in one of the Toxic Avengers actually, and. But yeah, Michael Jai White, good for him. Uh, <laughs> so the Apocalypse Incorporated chairman and his henchmen, the ones that aren't murdered by Toxy, uh, they they take off. They tuck tail and run away. And uh, they regroup at their lair and uh, they basically have a, a meeting of the evil board members of the Apocalypse Incorporated. So they're in this giant boardroom and there's tons of people in there and the scene goes on way too long uh, I, I feel like the uh, the apocalypse incorporated fucking meeting of the evil board member scene could have easily have been uh, chopped down to a a nice neat two minutes maybe but it's it seems like it goes on forever and basically the whole point of the scene is uh, to conclude that if apocalypse incorporated wants to take over tromaville because they want to take over they need to take over tromaville for some reason and they must uh, if they if they want to take over they must destroy the toxic avenger but the only way to do that is to destroy these particles inside of toxie's body called tromatons because it's traumatons that give Toxie his um, superhuman size and strength and a type of spidey sense that allows him to detect evildoers doing evil things. It's basically metachlorians. If you're familiar with metachlorians, <laughs> if you watch any any Star Wars uh, stuff, you know what metachlorians are. It's what makes Jedi's... Uh, be Jedi's, you know, and that's what basically traumatized. And traumatized was not a thing in the first movie, it's but it is in this one, and it kind of makes sense because it's, it's I don't know, it keeps coming up in the movie and it makes a little bit of sense, but uh, not, I don't know, I don't know, it's, I don't think it was a hundred percent necessary. But that's what this entire scene of like the meeting of the of the evil doers, like I see, there's like fifty people in the scene, you know. And it goes on for what feels like an hour, but it could have basically just been reduced to we must kill Toxic Avenger. He has traumatons. We must use our power and our money and our technology to destroy his traumatons so that we can kill him and then take over Traumaville. They should have just said it like that. <laughs> they should have said it just like that. Just monotoned in my voice. <laughs> but anyways... So, so Toxie has, uh, he has like this weird spidey sense sort of thing. Um, 
and this it's like a sixth sense and the sixth sense is uh what they must destroy in order to kill him because otherwise they won't kill him he's basically he's indestructible toxic sort of like uh if jason Voorhees was a superhero if if the jason Voorhees from jason takes manhattan was a superhero and that that's basically who toxic is he, he's like indestructible uh, but uh, so in this in this meeting of the evildoers, they 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 uh, are like, OK, in order to kill Toxie with they must trick him to go all the way to Japan because uh, because reasons um, also. I just have to point this out because it, it just always makes me laugh every time I see it uh, among all the sort of like background thugs and goons of the apocalypse incorporated. There's uh there's this one muscle woman who's obviously like a female bodybuilder or something who is always in the background. Every time they show apocalypse incorporated um, because they roll deep. You know, they're like they're like Rough Riders or Wu-Tang Clan or something. They roll deep. So she's always in the background, and she's always flexing. <laughs> Every time you see her in the background, she's dressed like she's in the band Manowar, and she's always, like, flexing her biceps, you know, like holding a fucking pistol, but flexing her arm at the same time. It's, it's hilarious, and I always got a kick out of that. So... <laughs> so, Toxie... Is con- is convinced that he needs to, uh, and I'm and I'm condensing things down. So this may sound a little crazy the way I describe it, but trust me, it's it's not as crazy as actually watching it play out on screen. Okay, so Toxie is convinced to windsurf. You know, windsurfing. <laughs> it's a surfboard with like a kite attached to it. He he's convinced to windsurf all the way to Japan. To make amends with his estranged father by his psychotherapist who is secretly working for the Apocalypse Incorporation. Apocalypse Incorporated. It's a tongue twister for me. And we jump to... So he windsurfs to Japan and then boom, we're in Japan. And we, we jump to Japan where Toxie is looking for his dad. But he doesn't speak the language or anything. He's just kind of wandering around Japan. And they actually went to Japan to film this. And um, I'm sure I couldn't, if I listen to it's mentioned in maybe a commentary track or a, a documentary, uh, a, a documentary somewhere. But <laughs> they go to Japan to film this chunk of the movie. And I, I, I don't feel like that was necessary, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know why they went to Japan at all. Like, a Okay, so okay, so we jump to Japan, where uh, Toxie's looking for his dad, and he doesn't speak the language, and he doesn't really know how to find him. So you have all these scenes of him kind of just walking around Japan and meeting people, and there's a scene where where uh, Toxie's enjoying a nice uh, a taiyaki, which is like a Japanese street food, and it's basically a, a Japanese hot pocket that's in the sh- in the shape of a fish. Okay, if that makes sense. So, 
And this is an important setup because, um, okay. (laughs) So he's sitting there and he's eating his taiyaki. And then we get introduced to the character of Masami, who's just this innocent woman who gets accosted on the street by some street thugs in Japan. Okay. And Toxie's like metachlorines start tingling and he rushes to her rescue beating up these hoods and even uh, taking the hot Taiyaki mold. It's basically this, imagine like a waffle iron, but instead of making the shape of a waffle, it makes the shape of like a fish. That's basically what a Taiyaki mold looks like. So he takes one of these hot Taiyaki molds and while he's beating up all this, this, gang of street thugs he takes a taiki mold and he pinches one of the bad guys like noses and when he lets go of it the guy is like screaming and his nose is now the shape of a fish it's the exact shape of the fish mold and um it's hilarious <laughs> i feel like that's like the only reason why they even went there is just to shoot that the Hayaki nose street fight scene. So, um, and, and honestly, that's probably like the best part of the whole, uh, like all the footage that they shot in Japan. That's probably my favorite. Um, but let me see. Uh, where was I? Um, oh yeah. It turns the guy's nose into a fish. Oh yeah. So from this point on, uh, I mean, he, he, so he, he saves the, uh, the Masami character. So Masami feels like indebted to him. It's like, just basically becomes a sidekick for the duration of Toxie being in Japan. And she's like bilingual. So she's like, you know, like, Oh, you know what? Let me make it up to you. Let me help you find your dad. And he's like, cool. You know, now he's got like, now he's got a friend. Now he's got a sidekick in Japan. So, Meanwhile, back in Tromaville, Apocalypse Incorporated took over the entire town, renaming it Apocalypseville. <laughs> so, Apocalypse Incorporated. So, okay. So, their whole evil plan, like, they're like an evil corporation, but their whole, like, plan is to pollute Tromaville on purpose and build in like unregulated chemical plant in a public park where, you know, the citizens of Tromaville just go to like ride their bikes and, you know, play on playgrounds and have a good time. Apocalypse Incorporated just wants to take over the town, build like manufacturing plants that just pollute for the sake of polluting. (laughs) So, and that, that's, that's why they're evil. I guess it's because they don't, uh, they don't abide by the environmental protection agency, um, guidelines on polluting public areas, I guess. So they, so they run off all the law abiding citizens and even kill those who resist. So they're like charging into this public park and like scaring people away with guns and fucking, um, soldiers and street thugs and shit. So 
So now, like, Tromaville's been taken over, and it's chaos. And uh, we jump back to Japan, where Toxie reunites with his dad. So we finally get a scene where he finds his long-lost dad. But he quickly learns that his dad (laughs) is also a... um, He's a cocaine smuggler and is involved in something called the white slave trade. So he's basically a bad guy. So like Toxie's uh, traumatons, his metachlorians start tinkling and he's like, oh no, my dad is a total evil criminal asshole. So, but more importantly, his dad has been working with the Apocalypse Incorporated to develop an anti-traumaton chemical that would kill Toxie. That's kind of the whole point of tricking Toxie into going to Japan to begin with is because that's where the anti-traumaton chemical was developed. And it's part of the Apocalypse Incorporated Japan uh, wing the Japanese office of Apocalypse Incorporated. So once his, they finds out his dad's evil and he has the anti-traumaton like chemical, um, and he his dad explains that he's he is him and Apocalypse Incorporated. Uh, their intent is to uh, kill Toxie with their anti-traumaton chemical thing. Uh, a fight breaks out where uh, his uh, Toxie's dad is like, he's like a businessman. So he's got all these like business uh, associates that are all like goons who know Kung Fu and shit. And okay. So a fight breaks out in the street. And um, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, one of the thugs is like a fish headed, it's basically a man with a giant fish head <laughs> and he goes to fight Toxie and Toxie just turns him into a literal plate of sashimi. So I was like, Oh, that's seems like kind of a waste of a fish headed man. Seems like you'd have more of a, more of a, uh, more of a fight scene, but basically he just runs at Toxie and Toxie's like, yeah. And then, and then the camera looks down and there's, a plate of, of sashimi. So, <laughs> so, okay. So, and somehow Toxie's dad gets like thrown into an, this like fish market area. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's not even worth explaining, but his dad gets like thrown into this area of the fish market and he gets chopped into pieces in the fish market. Even his head is instead of one of the like, like fish display cases. It's a long story, but I guess that's how they kill off his dad. So now his dad's dead. So after the trauma of finding out his father is now this dead supervillain who was smuggling cocaine inside of fish, <laughs> obviously involved in the white slave trade. And, um, also helping Apocalypse uh, Incorporated, who Toxie already knows is evil, and um, you know they're, they're they developed the anti-traumaton chemical. Like you know, 
it's good that his father was stopped, but also he's now like bummed out that he had to kill his own father. So, you know, that's, that's sad. (laughs) So, so after this, Toxie is like kind of beat up and he has to go like lick his wounds somewhere. So he gets taken to this like sumo dojo, like gym place. And he's taught the ways of the sumo. And he learns patience and uh, and 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 whatever whatever the fuck else makes you super mellow. <laughs> he 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 learns to uh, kind of control himself, um, and I don't know. Now he's all like fucking zenned out and shit when he leaves the um. After we get like a toxy training in sumo montage of sorts. He says his goodbyes to his sumo friends and Masami. And he, you know, presumably windsurfs all the way back to New Jersey where Tromaville is, right? And back in Tromaville, now Apocalypseville, innocent people are being uh, assaulted on the streets. Uh, children are being uh, held down on the ground and their foreheads are branded with the logo of Apocalypse Incorporated. <laughs> really whole families. You see people with they have big burned brands on their forehead. You know, men, women, children, no one, no one is safe. It's chaos. But Toxie ret- uh, just returns, and then uh, he just starts fucking up all these, uh, all this criminal scum, and scares them back to New York. And um, he does it rather quickly. He just shows up, uh, beats up a whole bunch of people, and um, everyone retreats out of Tromaville, and and um, Tromaville celebrates. And we um, we even find out at the very end <laughs> that the uh, the guy in Japan uh, that wasn't actually Toxie's dad at all it wasn't his dad after all, um, and his actual dad reunites with him in the adoring cheering crowd at the end of the movie. Uh, the end. <laughs> so happy ending, I guess. But, um, you know, the, the, the chairman and his, uh, lady version of like Smithers, I'm sure they will no doubt return in toxic Avenger part three. But yeah, that's, that's basically the, that's toxic Avenger part two in a, um, in a nutshell. I mean, in general, I um, I think this one's okay. I think I... I mean, there's definitely stuff about this I really like. I like... Um, I don't know. I like some of the... I like the, the Taiyaki nose turned into a fish scene. I thought that was good. I liked Claire. I thought she was a good... Because um, they just jumped from one girlfriend to another, even though they're the same person somehow. Um, I thought she was good. I I like the idea of the apocalypse, uh, you know, incorporated. I like the idea of it. I, I liked the explosions of the uh, 
the blind clinic. I thought that was pretty good, but, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a pretty good car chase at the end. And, um, there's another big explosion. Cause they, okay. I wasn't even going to mention this, but, uh, okay. So at the very, very end, Toshi comes back. He's fucking up all the, all the, uh, all the thugs from apocalypse incorporated. And then they, they just mentioned that there's this character called the dark Rider. And the Dark Rider's like, <laughs> he's like this dude wearing all black with like a helmet on a motorcycle who has like explosives strapped to him. And he's going to ride his motorcycle at like City Hall and blow it up. And um, they just bring that up at the like in the last couple of minutes of the movie. So Toxie goes on this like car chase and the car chase scene was cool like it's it was like fun it was like a fun car chase and stuff but then like the dark rider ends up like crashing into like a house and the house explodes and i liked that part and everything but like just that character alone being introduced like at the very end just shoehorned in i was like that didn't really make a whole lot of sense i mean most of the movie doesn't make a lot of sense there's barely a story in this um but there's enough things in it that kind of kept me chuckling but uh let's see well let's see um according to the internet the initial release of this was 96 minutes the director's cut is 103 minutes but i think this movie could have probably been like 80 85 minutes (laughs) like i think there was more shit that could have got trimmed out of this because i don't know i didn't hate this movie but I definitely like the first Toxic Avenger more than I like the second one. So, that being said, let's go ahead and just jump into the third installment of the Toxic Avenger. The Toxic Avenger Part 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie. Ah, yes, The Toxic Avenger Part 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie. Once again, directed by Michael Herz and Lloyd Kaufman. Our story opens at a Tromaville video store that, I guess, only rents exclusively Troma videos. The store looks very cool, though. And, uh, let's see... So there's three street thugs that look like extras from the film Deadbeat at Dawn. You ever seen Deadbeat at Dawn? They were sent by Apocalypse Incorporated. Yes, Apocalypse Incorporated once again is the um, antagonist in this film. So they come to this video store to destroy it and assault the patrons, and even kill some of them. And they completely trash the place. And uh, Most of the people who are in there are like, just like cute 80s chicks <laughs> for some reason. And um, I mean, they, they wreak total havoc. And then Toxie shows up to save the day. And he comes in and the first, uh, the first uh, goon... He rips out his guts, 
very similar to how he dispatched the evil mayor in part one. He rips out his guts and uh, skips rope with his intestines and takes another one of the thugs and puts his face inside of a a bulk tape eraser, which is, I mean, okay. That's exactly what it sounds like, by the way. It's basically this device that will completely, I mean, I, I assume it's, he uses magnets or some shit. I don't know. But it basically just erases, erases um, cassettes and or uh, VHS tapes. And it probably works on Betamax tapes too. But he sticks the guy's face in it. And it's weird because it like erases the guy's face. Which is weird. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, it erased the guy's face. And then um, I guess that kills the guy. And the, uh, the third guy, uh, he takes the guy's hand and he sticks it inside of a VCR and hits rewind. And the VCR acts like a pencil sharpener, grinding down the dude's hand and most of his arm. So he's screaming with his, like, <laughs> like a missing arm, which is a bleeding arm stump. And then Toxie finishes him off by jamming his mop handle through the guy's head like a skewer. And... I like this scene very much. I I like the video store scene. I like the like it, it's it's very nostalgic for me. Um if you've never seen the film shot on video film video violence, it's um it, it's got a similar feel to it. In that most of the, a lot of the movie, rather, uh, takes place in a video store, which is pretty cool. Um, and there's two video violence movies, but and they're both kind of different. But I like the sort of meta fourth wall breaking of trauma. Um, in that, uh, you know, the <laughs> the Toxic Avenger. Toxie, he knows that he's in a movie and in this universe there is a Toxic Avenger movie because he's in a video store that sells trauma movies. <laughs> so, But he seems kind of unaware that there's a movie about him even though he's in the movie. I don't know, it's weird. Weird logic in trauma movies. So, But it's fun. You know, you don't, I don't have to kind of sit there and analyze it too Harshly, I guess, but, um, you know, I mean, I do, but, um, I, I do like that sort of like the characters in this movie understand that they're in a trauma movie. So, um, it's kind of, you know, uh, it's kind of like the stab franchise from the scream movies or a nightmare on Elm street franchise and Wes Craven's new nightmare where it's like. The characters know that there's a <laughs> there is a world where there's movies about ex their lives. So I love that shit. 
And, oh, God, it's weird because after he, like, talks, he kills all the bad guys, he explains to the uh, the owners of the shop and the um, surviving patrons that that uh, he he basically fell from grace not too long ago, and now he's back on the superhero, uh, you know, on the superhero fast track. <laughs> so, um, but this is the only crime fighting he's done in some time after the events of Toxic Avenger Part Two. Work's been slow for Toxie. There's not much in the way of monetary monetary compensation for a superhero in Tromoville. So in this movie, there's a couple of things going on. It's it this movie's kind of like it's kind of like a like a reboot in 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 some ways. In this movie, Claire was a dental hygienist that went blind after a terrible mouthwash accident. We don't see any of this happen. We're just told uh, through narration that that's how she became blind. And even though Claire's blindness was never really fussed about in the first two films, it was just like accepted that, oh, she's just this attractive blind woman who falls in love with this hideously deformed monster of superhuman size and strength. But uh, her blindness becomes a major plot point in this film. Uh, She's informed that she could have her vision restored, but uh, which is good news, but the catch is it would cost $357,000 or $853,088.93 in today's currency adjusted for inflation. Claire also being on welfare and Melvin making who makes no money being a superhero um, and they live in a dump a literal toxic dump Um, even it makes her dreams of getting her sight restored through this operation even more unobtainable so meanwhile at the apocalypse incorporated headquarters there's another um meeting of the evil bad guy board of directors <laughs> similar to the uh, previous films um and one of the board members is is like a clone of not a literal clone but it's basically some dude doing the character that Robert De Niro did in the movie Angel Heart the character of Lou Cipher Lou Cipher you get it <laughs> he's he's the devil he's evil his name is Lou Cipher Anyways, yeah, there's some guy in the movie who's, like, basically doing Robert De Niro's loose cipher character. He's got, like, long fingernails, and he's eating eggs. I just thought that was kind of a weird <laughs> a weird choice for a bad guy character. So, the company's business has been floundering after, uh, well, after the events of 
Toxic Avenger Part 2. So instead of trying to kill Toxie this time, they decided to hire him to be a spokesman for Apocalypse Incorporated. Um, I guess they realized that there's no way to kill him because he's basically a happy superhero version of Jason Voorhees. Um, so they, they're like, okay, if we can't kill him, let's get him on our side. That's like their plan. And, uh, they want to hire him, but entice him with the salary of guess. Yes. $357,000 salary. So part three is sort of a, like I said before, is like a soft reboot in some ways. Like, Claire losing her vision and Toxie going to work for Apocalypse Incorporated, even though he knows and we know that it's an evil, violent company that tried to blow him up and create a chemical designed to kill just him. <laughs> and, um, and he know, and Toxie knows that they they want to destroy and enslave his hometown. And part two, uh, in this timeline, took place only like a few months earlier. So I guess Toxie just completely ignores that that even took place, and actually gets he gets offered a job by them, and he's like really stoked to take the job. So. I guess we have to just ignore, you know, that, you know, so the, the part two in some ways, just so we can kind of get on with the story in part three. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of weird, especially if you watch both the movies back to back. It's like, why does he want to go to work for these people? He knows they're fucking evil <laughs> and literally just try to kill him. I don't know. So. So Toxie is uh he is kind of playing it like he's he's just happy to be there. And um he basically gets hired to be the a spokesperson for Apocalypse Incorporated, but he's like an assistant to the main evil chairman guy. And after he gets his his money, it's funny, he gets offered $357,000, but it's like just given to him in cash and a briefcase. So, but after he gets the money, he has the money to pay for Claire's eye surgery. So she gets the eye surgery and we get a hospital scene where Claire's getting her bandages removed. And it's funny because it's an eye surgery, but like her entire face is bandaged. So, um, oh, it's funny. Like before they remove the bandages, there's a nurse, like they... <laughs> Like the, the the doctor is like removing her bedpan and it's filled with piss <laughs> and he just hands it to a nurse and says, nurse, could you take care of this for me, please? And the nurse just turns around and throws the fucking bedpan filled with piss <laughs> like at these plants that are just by a window and most of the piss just hits the window and hits the floor. Like it's gross, but um, I thought it was uh, very funny. So they remove her bandages and she has like a full face of makeup. Of course, because why not? So after having her vision restored, they have some 
literally explosive uh, monogamous vaginal intercourse. It's very beautiful, and because um, she get she gets to see her, her uh, Toxie, her she gets to see uh, you know Melvin um, for the first time. She's never seen him before, and um, it's very sweet. And after becoming, um, I, I mean. After becoming a uh, employee for Apocalypse Incorporated, Toxie's mindset totally changes. Like he becomes sort of like this kind of arrogant corporate guy. Um, you know, he becomes upwardly mobile and on the corporate fast track. And you know, it's all thanks to Apocalypse Incorporated. And Toxie has basically been transformed into this like stereotypical '80s yuppie you know equipped with a like a red polo with a popped collar and um almost almost like a wolf of wall street fucking character <laughs> and he's sitting and he's sitting at the kitchen table and on the table you can see uh, prominently displayed as a copy of Donald Trump's book The Art of the Deal and uh, you know that's that's pushing the you know, it's pushing the point that he is like, kind of like a, uh, it's all about money and <laughs> corporate greed. And he has succumbed to the yuppie lifestyle. Um, uh, by the way, just side note, uh, Donald Trump's book, Art of the Deal, currently holds a 4.7 stars out of 5 on Amazon. And um, just for the, uh, just for comparison, that is um, that ranks higher than uh, the book "Invent and Wander," the collected writings of Jeff Bezos. It's Jeff Bezos' book, basically, with a um, it has a four point three stars out of five on Amazon. And to take it one step further. Um, Art of the Deal, the book is, um, I mean, it's definitely outperforming Johnny Depp's Funny or Die short film of the same name. Uh, that's currently holding a 51% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, those are the numbers, people. So, um, but still, I'm just like, was the 357 thousand dollars a signing bonus or is that his annual annual salary I, I i don't get it because he he spent all the money on claire's surgery it's like you know three hundred fifty seven thousand dollars it's a pretty decent salary for anybody but he just like completely spent it in like one day but um but now he's acting like like he's like this rich dude, <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's, it's like I get where they're going with it, but I don't know. Um, I think it would have been cool if Toxie moved to like a bigger dump somewhere or something like that. You know, pretty much all he got out of it was he played he paid for Claire's surgery and he bought himself like a red polo and um, a tennis racket. That's pretty much the extent of his uh, his his wealth, really. But it really went to his head. Um, so basically it's the whole thing where like Toxie kind of sold out, 
kind of sold out the people of Tromaville. He forgot where he came from. And he forgot about his duty to protect Tromaville. Not become a yes man for those who wish to destroy it. You know, that sort of thing. So after... Um, so after this, there's, I mean, Apocalypse Incorporated basically takes over the town and, um, because, because now that they've subdued Toxie, now they, now with him out of the way, they can kind of revert back to kind of where they were in part two, where they wanted to take over Tromaville because somehow this company, their success depends on taking over Tromaville and building chemical factories and dumping toxic waste everywhere and polluting the air. It's like, so, so they finally got what they wanted. Um, but there's a scene where Toxie has like a, a revelation of sorts. So, it, so it, it's like in the form of this like pseudo religious bad acid trip fever dream. And Toxie realizes he sold his soul to the Apocalypse Incorporated. And he decided to, you know, make amends and earn the respect of the citizens of Tromaville and sort of renounce Apocalypse Incorporated. Because he realizes what they are and he realizes that he's been duped by them. So, you know, we, we get a montage of <laughs> the Toxic Adventure just do, doing heroic stuff and doing, uh, doing positive stuff for the community and rescuing, rescuing dogs out of trees, <laughs> which I thought was, you know, that's, that's, that was just part of the montage. I, I guess they couldn't get a cat because, you know, it's, you know, you get, you save a cat out of a tree, but it's him getting a dog out of a tree. I thought that was very funny. And um so basically he he kind of the the town rallies behind Toxie once again and the citizenry kind of has a new found strength and unity where they no longer will stand for the shenanigans of uh Apocalypse Incorporated So we get a scene where Toxie and the good people of Tromaville go to Apocalypse Incorporated's uh, Incorporated's Tromaville office, which is in a church, which is um, appropriate. Um, and they go there to basically kick them out of town. So we um, we get this sort of like devil went down to Georgia type situation where since. Toxie sold his soul to the corporation. The chairman is like, okay, Toxie, this is, we're going to have our final fucking showdown and we're going to see who stays and who goes sort of thing. So the chairman transforms into this like green version of the devil, like a giant monster makeup with horns and wings and fucking like foam rubber muscle suit and it's the whole thing. So uh, he kind of looks like he's in the band uh, Lordy. <laughs> Do you remember Lordy? Did you ever listen to Lordy? 
I don't think they're particularly a good band, but they were sort of this uh, guar adjacent type band. Um, so he looks like he looks like he's in Lordy, but he's green and he's covered in uh, mucus and and cum. It looks like, and he looks like. You know what he looks like? He looks like a grown-up version of the Cheddar Goblin from the movie Mandy. And if you haven't seen the movie Mandy, like, uh, get on that. That's a very good movie. Um, But there's this character in the movie called the Cheddar Goblin. So in the world of Mandy, there's this, uh, there's like this uh, commercial for um, this, like, macaroni and cheese commercial. (laughs) And the mascot for uh, the the macaroni and cheese company is this thing called the Cheddar Goblin, and it looks like a like a Boglin toy. If you're old enough to know what a Boglin is, but it's like it's like green and it and it like vomits mac and cheese onto children. <laughs> Imagine that, but big and muscular. That's that's what uh, that's what the the chairman has transformed into. So, <laughs> so for now on, I'm just going to refer to the chairman as the, uh, as the cheddar goblin. He's the cheddar goblin now. So the cheddar goblin challenges Toxie to five challenges. Okay. He's basically going to play a game with him. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul says I'm better than you kind of thing. But he's basically like, I'm going to give you five challenges, Toxie. Um, there's five levels. And, uh, you know, if you win, you know, we will be, you know, we'll be vanquished from Tromaville. But if we win, then we fucking I'm going to make everyone fucking miserable. Forever and ever and ever. So uh, using his magical... Cheddar Goblin power, uh, powers, he buries Toxie up to his neck in the ground and offers some uh, some guy $30 to chop his head off with this thing that looks like a lawnmower but with a uh, circular saw blade instead of a regular like lawnmower blade. Looks very ominous, you know. Um it's a sort of a lawn maintenance tool of some type. Uh, so uh, Toxie's buried up to his neck in, in the lawn of this uh, church. <laughs> and this guy is walking towards him with this, you know, this fucking lawnmower device. And it's going to, you know, it's going to chop his head off if it hits him. So And Toxie can't wriggle his way loose. So so the thing's getting closer and closer and closer. And the whole crowd's like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> But right when the thing gets to Toxie, um, Toxie stops the blade with his teeth. And, um, you know, uh, because he's a superhero and he's indestructible. So, of course, he can do that. So, uh, you know, to um, the Cheddar Goblin's surprise, you know. So, uh, so the level level two of his series of challenges is the uh, the Cheddar Goblin burst into flames for some reason. I mean, I, I, the, they went to the trouble trauma did to make a, um, a burn suit that looks like the cheddar goblin. So 
they're going to use it, damn it. So he bursts into flames, and then he, like, conjures fire to set Toxie on fire as well, because they must have paid the money to have a Toxic Avenger burn costume as well. So they're both in flames, and um, I don't understand the point of the challenge, but he's basically like, okay, Toxie, what are you going to do now that you're on fucking fire? I guess. So, uh, with the help of the uh, Troma Troma Villains? What would you call people who are from Troma? Troma Villains? Yeah, yeah, Troma Villains. The people of Troma, they conveniently have buckets of water just ready to throw onto Toxie while he's on fire and extinguish his flames. And then Toxie pulls his dick out that he lovingly named John Henry. It's a strong name for your penis. Um, just saying. And pisses all over the cheddar goblin. like a, And it's like a fire hose. So it puts him out too. And cheddar goblin's like, oh, well played, Toxie. Let's see if you survive uh, level three of my series of challenges. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of challenge was that? It's like... I don't, I don't get, it. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I, I understand the visual aspect to it. I understand the, uh, he's a monster. So when he pisses, it's like a fire hose thing. Like I get why that's kind of funny, but I don't understand how that's challenging at all. I guess being on fire is challenging, <laughs> but, um, so cha- the, the third challenge uh, the children of Tromaville are loaded onto a school bus by a uh, donkey woman smoking a cigarette because there's a couple of random sort of like human animal hybrid people inside of the uh, Apocalypse Incorporated like gang. You know, it's mostly like normal looking people. But, you know, there's like a couple of random mutant people. It's it, It's weird. And they uh, so the children are loaded up onto this bus, and they're all scared and screaming and shit. And um, the Cheddar Goblin uh, gets behind the wheel and starts taking off, he speeds down the street in the bus, and he's got all the children. And it's very kind of feels like the beginning of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, where Freddy's like driving the school bus, and um, and uh, you know. Everyone's freaking out. So they, he basically, oh God. So the Cheddar Goblin is driving this bus towards a cliff, but not like off of a cliff. It's basically the side of a mountain, rather. It's like the bottom of the cliff. And he's driving towards the side of the mountain, and he makes the bus drive up the side of the mountain to the edge of the actual cliff, where now the bus is sort of teetering and it's going to fall, and all the kids are freaking out, and then he vanishes out of the bus to where Toxie is, because Toxie was chasing after the bus, right? So now Toxie's at the bottom of the cliff, and the Cheddar Goblin appears next to him, and he's like, all right, Toxie, what are you going to do now? The children are going to fall to their deaths. And then Toxie's like, oh, like, up, up, and away, I'm going to save you, children. And he basically, uh, lack of a better term, falls up the hill, I mean, it's pretty clear that they just took a, they made a toxic Avenger uh, mannequin and threw it off the edge of the cliff. And then 
shot that and then just played it in reverse. So it looks really goofy. Um, so he falls up the cliff in a single bound and gets all the kids off the bus before the bus plummets to the bottom, um, you know, of the, of, you know, uh, of the cliff and smashes to pieces and killing them. So he, yeah, he saves the kids. Very cool. And, uh, so that challenge, I kind of understand, right? So the fourth challenge the in in this in the level four of the Cheddar Goblin's evil plan, uh, Cheddar Goblin magically restores the bus, even though it's completely smashed. He magically restores the bus and attempts to run over Toxie with it, but Toxie like like jumps out of the way and jumps on top of the hood of the bus, and the Cheddar Goblin crashes the bus into this place called Bob Tall's famous Fantasy Acre Mud Bog. <laughs> And the bus, which is basically just a, uh, a giant mud, murky, watery pit in the ground. And the bus, like, crashes into it, and the bus explodes. But if you've seen part two, you know that Toxic Avenger is a, impervious to explosions. So, uh, I don't know. So, if a, if a, if a building exploding isn't going to kill... Toxie, uh, a bus exploding is probably not going to do much either. So, so Toxie basically emerges from the bus fire and he's like totally fine. And he attributes it somehow to his sumo training from the last movie. <laughs> I don't know. So finally we get to challenge number uh, five. So we get to the fifth level. Of the Cheddar Goblins uh, evil uh, uh, challenge plan thing. And in a really cool and grotesque scene, um, uh, the Cheddar Goblin uh, Lordy, um, the Lordy Cheddar Goblin, makes Toxie, he basically, um, he's like, okay, this is going to be a challenge of your mind. So he, he, he makes uh, Toxie um, sort of like melt. So his like he starts oozing slime and pus and all the shit out of his eyes and mouth and his face starts melting and it looks really cool and he basically just melts into a puddle on the ground and there's nothing left but like a skeleton and um, I thought that was a really cool special effects scene that was fun um, again. Trauma will spend money on an effect if it's worth it, like explosions, uh, you know, a, a character melting. <laughs> it's, you know, using like time lapse photography is, is pretty cool. And, um, but Toxie melts and then he gets sort of reformed as his original self. The original Melvin self, the sort of geeky, feeble weakling from the first movie. And so now Melvin can't do anything about it. It's like, because Melvin is not, he doesn't have superhuman size and strength. And um, he's no, he's no match for uh, uh, Lordy, the Cheddar Goblin. So Lordy uh, takes away... Claire's uh, sight you know she basically she picks up a shotgun and she's like 
devil, I denounce you. And he's like, it's like, bitch, now you're blind again. And then bam, she's blind again. So now Toxie's been turned into his feeble Melvin geeky original self who can't really, he's no match for uh, the Cheddar Goblin and, and Claire who had sight for some period of the movie gets her sight taken away. So it's like, Oh no, things are going from bad to worse. Let me see if I can just kind of like sum this up because the end gets kind of convoluted, convoluted. Well, a lot of the movies convoluted, but okay. Um, basically God intervenes. And turns Melvin back into Toxie and restores Claire's vision. And then Toxie mollywops the cheddar goblin devil and rips his skin off, revealing his rotten insides that are all infested with bugs and snakes and rats. And Toxie decapitates the cheddar goblin and... He, he he rips his head off and then throws his head all the way to Japan. So he throws his severed head from New Jersey to Tokyo, Japan. And um and that's the end of the Apocalypse Incorporated. You know, their their the chairman has been defeated. So now the good people of Tromaville can take their town back and vanquish this horrible corporation. So happy ending, I guess. And, um, and then, uh, we get a scene of Toxie and Claire getting married, having a lovely ceremony with all their friends and family at the church. And, um, they, they walk off into the, uh, toxic sunset together. The end. <laughs> and that was the end of Toxic Avenger Part 3. The Last Temptation of Toxie. And thus far, we have one more movie to go, guys. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if you've made it this far. There is one movie left in um, the Toxic Avenger uh, franchise. And so, so far, I would say that part one is probably the best one. Uh, I would put part three above part two. And then I'd say part two is uh, sitting in third place right now. Without any further ado, let's jump into the fourth movie. The fourth and uh, final film in the Toxic Avenger series, Citizen Toxie, The Toxic Avenger Part 4, directed by Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman taking over all directing duties in this film. After a lovely intro... By Stan Lee. Rest in peace, Stan Lee. For you Marvel comics and Marvel movie fans, you'd be familiar with Stan Lee. Um, or if you've seen Mall Rats. <laughs> Stan Lee was in Mall Rats, yeah. Um, 
we get uh, Stanley's basically like a, he's the opening narrator and he gives us a recap of the first Toxic Avenger film and actually apologizes to the audience for the first two well for the, for the last two sequels that were uh, you know I guess bad and informs us that this film is the real sequel to the original film, The Toxic Avenger. <laughs> so that's that's funny. It's that's that's ahead of its time. That's b- way before the uh, the current Halloween franchise we have. The new Halloween trilogy. That's what was it? It was Halloween 2018, and then there was Halloween Kills. And then the next film is going to be Halloween Ends, you know. And but, but this this new Halloween trilogy, they, this new trilogy is a direct sequel to the original Halloween. So they just ignore the rest of the franchise, and it's just Halloween, and then boom, Halloween twenty eighteen, and then Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends. So that's basically what Lloyd Kaufman decided to do with this fourth installment so you can forget everything you just heard about part two and part three (laughs) we're just jumping into part four which is actually part two i guess and uh it's it's take a mexican to lunch day at the tromaville school for the very special it's a special ed school so in one classroom in particular, a, a like school massacre slash hostage situation is perpetrated by a group called the Baby Diaper Mafia, which I guess is a, a more derogatory take on uh, the trench coat mafia from uh, the Columbine massacre, which in, I mean... In when this movie was made, I mean, this movie was made in 2000. So, <laughs> so Columbine like just happened. <laughs> so, so now they have the uh, the baby diaper massacre, uh, baby, the baby diaper mafia. So they're holding this uh, school for uh, special kids hostage, and at this point, their demands are not. Um, we don't know their demands. And a crowd of citizens and the media have formed outside at this point because that's 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 kind of like a trauma movie thing, is uh, all these toxic Avenger thing. Um, yeah, I guess it's a trauma movie thing too, where you got to have as many people in the scene as humanly possible, uh, being very loud. <laughs> so there's lots of screaming and gunshots and yelling. So um, so the crowd forms outside. Uh, oh, and in in the crowd is. Uh, the character of Mayor Goldberg, played by uh, Ron Jeremy, if you're old enough to remember disgraced former adult porn actor Ron Jeremy, who is, as of, uh, as of today, is currently being held in police custody pending... Um, <laughs> pending at least 30 counts of rape from uh, my last count. Um, Ron Jeremy's not in a good place right now. So, uh, (laughs) 
Anyways. Also in the crowd, we have the late, great Lemmy Kilmister from the band Motorhead. Uh, yeah, um, that's not the first time that Lemmy has appeared in a trauma film. I believe he's also the narrator in Tromeo and Juliet, um, which is another very popular one of the more well-known trauma films, but it's nice to see Lemmy, Lemmy's face again. Besides trauma, what else? Uh, he was in the film Airheads, where <laughs> uh, Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler are a band called the Lone Rangers, and they hijack a radio station so that they could play their demo tape. And... Um, yeah, and Lemmy is also plays some dude in the crowd, which is uh, which is I think that's the well I guess Lemmy's done other shit too. I'm not trying to go on a fucking Lemmy in the movies tangent. Uh, I remember he was in uh, Richard Stanley's Hardware. He was like a I don't know. He was like a like a smuggler on a boat or some shit like that. Anyways, rest in peace, Lemmy. Kill Mister from Motorhead. Anyways, who else is in the crowd? Uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, which is a film that came out in 1990. I'm, I think that's correct. 1990, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, which is also a trauma film. He is in this movie. So we got a little bit of crossover going on. We got some crossover from, uh, you know, other uh, trauma movies in the same movie. So that's... That's interesting, but the fucking, like, this movie is so chaotic, and I wonder, because this is a Lloyd Kaufman production, I wonder if that was, I wonder if Michael Herz, who has co-directed a lot of trauma films with Lloyd Kaufman, I wonder if he's sort of like the voice of reason, who sort of reigns in the movie as much as possible. So it's not pure chaos. Um, cause this movie is like pure chaos. It's, uh, the other toxic Avenger movies at times are confusing and, um, sort of floundering in their weirdness. And this movie is like, you know, that times 10 on, on crank. It's it, the, the, energy expenditure on this film it's it's just you just get exhausted watching it um but let's jump back to where we were we were what was it the baby diaper okay the baby diaper mafia and there's no other nice way to say it or efficient way to say it so uh, the Baby Diaper, Diaper Mafia, it appears that their purpose is that they hate retards. Mentally retarded people. They do not like them. They don't think they should exist. And they certainly shouldn't have precious tax dollars being spent to teach them. Um, that's basically their, that's, that's who the baby diaper mafia 
that's who they are in this in in this world. So they requested an interview by the uh, it's called the Really Real Bikini TV, which is um, so it's basically a hot bikini clad reporter uh, doing the news. That's what uh, the Really Real Bikini TV is. And in this world, it's like the most watched show on TV. So they figured if they're going to get interviewed with their list of demands or spout their manifestos or whatever the fuck, it should be (laughs) the really real bikini TV. So a hot bikini clad reporter and her morbidly obese cameraman is allowed into the school to interview them. The leader of the group has hung the pregnant special ed teacher in one particular class and played by Debbie Rashawn, famous scream queen, Debbie Rashawn, which it's just IMDB Debbie Rashawn. She's done hundreds of movies. Like it's crazy. Hundreds of movies. A lot of them sort of like low budget, kind of like horror, um, erotic type shit. Um, she was also, I think her earliest role may have been when she was like 12, maybe 14 years old, something like that, in the film Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains, which is a movie about a all-girl punk band. But I think she had a she had a, a part, and I think that might have been her very first part. Anyways, so they have Debbie Rashawn, who pregnant, dressed up like a nerdy teacher i i find very attractive i don't know what that is but i find debbie rashawn's special ed teacher uh costume i i just and pregnant for some reason i find that uh i found that very appealing to me (laughs) so she's hung from the ceiling by the wrist right and they start doing the interview and whatever and the leader of the baby diaper mafia goes to he cocks his hand back, and he's about to hit Debbie Rashawn with like a, like a rod, like a stick, like right in her pregnant belly. And before he can hit her, the bikini reporter lady grabs him by the wrist with a very powerful grip. And the grip that uh, she takes starts to burn the flesh of this fucking uh well, let's call him a domestic terrorist this domestic terrorist arm it starts sizzling and he screams in pain and the reporter begins like smoking and then begins to transform into the toxic avenger like it was a costume like mission impossible or something like it would have been great if they just had like like a rubber mask they just pull off the rubber mask and it's like the toxic avenger but that's probably too much that's too much money to be spending in the budget. So they just like turn on a smoke machine. <laughs> they do a cutaway. And when they cut back, it's, it's the toxic Avengers standing there wearing a, uh, wearing a bikini. So it was actually a toxic Avenger disguised as a hot reporter. And, uh, the morbidly obese cameraman also transforms into a new character that's introduced, uh, called Lardass. And Lardass is Toxie's sort of, his new crime-fighting psychic, uh, his his ward, uh, if you will, like like Robin and Batman. So, um, after that head 
of the uh, diaper uh, mafia shoots a bunch of the uh, retarded children in the room. Toxie has... For, <laughs> for some reason, he has to leave in the middle of all this to run home to go impregnate his wife because she's ovulating. Uh, what's funny about this is there's like a time bomb going and the time bomb is set for like like 10 seconds. So, but the t- but it takes like 15 minutes for that 10 seconds to to uh, wind down. It's so Toxie runs home. Uh there's a new Claire character. Oh, I'm sorry. They went back to Sarah in this one. So, it's very confusing. So Sarah was in the first movie, and then it was Claire for two movies, and now it's Sarah again. So he has to run home to go uh, have sex with uh, with uh, with Sarah because she's ovulating. So and then he runs back to the school, and so uh, basically Lardass, his character is that he's fat. He's like a fat guy. So that that's basically his superhero power, and I think he has like salami nunchucks or something like that, but. Lardass ends up smearing this time bomb with peanut butter and then just eats it uh, because it's if it goes off, it's going to kill everyone in the school. So Lardass eats the bomb and then bomb goes off, kills Lardass, kills everyone who's kind of left in the uh, in the school. But Toxie is able to get out and was able to save like a couple of the kids. So uh, who are later like in the movie? Okay, so. The police attempt to um, shoot Toxie as he's coming out of the school, but um, and you're wondering, like, why are the cops trying to shoot the Toxic Avenger? What the fuck is going on? Okay, so I was confused about that, and I had to go back and rewatch that scene a few times because it's so fucking chaotic. I was like, I don't understand what's going on. So Toxie comes out of the school after the bomb blows up, and when the bomb went off, it opened up. Okay, try to follow this. And I this is going to get, from this point on, it's going to get very confusing. But I'm going to explain it the best way I can. And uh, uh, I hope you can appreciate it. Especially if you've seen this movie. If you've seen, if you've seen Toxic Avenger Part 4, Citizen Toxie, it's a very difficult movie to describe. So I'm going to try to make it as digestible and understandable as possible, Okay. So, bomb blows up, and for some reason, it opened up a parallel dimension, like a mirror universe, like in Star Trek. So, um, where it's basically like the evil you is in a parallel universe, and everything is basically the same in that universe, except everyone's evil. And there's an evil you, and an evil your mom, and your dog. There's an evil version of everything. So there's this mirror universe, which which is that's for those of you who understand that I appreciate it. That's a that's in reference to the mirror mirror episode from the old Star Trek episode. So if you've ever seen a, a picture of like Spock with like a goatee, it's from that episode. So <laughs> there's this mirror universe and where like the cops and Toxie and all the good people of Tromaville are all mean, nasty, evil perverts. And Toxie somehow got sucked into that bad universe. And there is a... Well, okay. And there's two other characters though with him. Like two of the retarded students. The character of Tito and uh, this girl named Sweet Baby. So 
They get transported into the bad world, which is called Amortville, which is trauma backwards. Amortville. And Toxie... And... So he he comes out of school, he's getting shot at, and in his panic, uh, he's he runs off, and a car pulls up, and he jumps into it. And it's the anti-Kabuki Man NYPD. Okay, so it's like the mirror universe evil version of uh, uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, but he's not a he's not a police officer in this. He's just like some like criminal guy. Uh, he's like a I think they're drug dealers. I think they sell crack. I think that's what the two of them do in the uh, in the mirror universe. And uh, they they make their getaway. So meanwhile, back in the real Tromaville. The anti-toxie named Noxie uh, emerges from the school um, to like a round of applause and cheers from the good people of Tromaville because he looks like Toxie. But Noxie is like, uh, he's just generally uh, unpleasant and mean to everybody and he's violent and he's a pervert. He's basically like if uh, Jason Voorhees and Gigi Allen were combined and made a person. <laughs> so, but so uh, like the chief of police comes up and is like, "Hey, good job, Toxie!" But Noxie just tears the police chief's arms off and then assaults people in the crowd with the severed, bloody arms. Pretty cool. Um, and then he starts walking through the crowd and he's like assaulting people as he's going through the crowd. So. He, he like rips out some dude's tongue. Uh, he calls two gentlemen that are just, I don't think they know each other. They don't seem to know each other. Uh, he grabs two random guys uh, that and, and, and calls them both faggots and then smashes their heads together, probably killing them. I mean, blood shot out of their mouths. I imagine he smashed their skulls. Uh <laughs> And uh, he also, um, on top of everything else, uh, threw a young girl, like a 12-year-old girl, threw her into a brick wall. So, that, that, and, that, and that looked like it probably killed her. If you could pick up a 12-year-old and throw her, you know, 20 feet, you probably have enough strength to, uh, to uh, have the impact killed uh, the girl upon impact. I'm guessing. But uh, along with other wild shits like uh, people being assaulted with boobs and running over an old lady on a walker and then running over her head, leaving her convulsing corpse, um, just involuntarily uh, urinating. I mean, that part, the, the, the old lady getting her head ran over, uh, not since the first Toxic Avenger film, has there been a uh, such a satisfying head explosion in, in a trauma film? So, um, so, so now we jump back to the anti Kabuki man and the real Toxie. So the real Toxie is in the bad universe, and then the anti Kabuki man thinks he's Noxie because they look the same, but he doesn't realize that he's um, that he's not he's not uh, Noxie. He's Toxie. So. So the, they're getting away from the cops, and while they're um, 
eluding the police. They, it's funny. The cop car that they're being chased by is basically like a red, um, you know, mid nineties Saturn with just like, like a little cop light just kind of glued onto the top of it. My first car was a Saturn. It was it was green. It was like a forest green Saturn. And then I got into a car crash. Uh, I was sitting at a light in Los Angeles. And a teenager and his friends um, ran into the back of my Saturn and totaled the fucking thing. This is right after I went and saw a very, very loud, hardcore punk show. <laughs> So my ears were already ringing, and then and then I have my fucking car totaled on top of that. So it was a good night that night. So while while they're eluding the police, and then they hit a parked car, causing the car to <laughs> flip through the air. Um, this and this has been uh, uh, I've seen this uh, referred to as the Kabuki flip. Where uh, so the car the car they're in hits a parked car, flies through the air, does a three sixty in midair, and then lands on the ground and then explodes. It's very fantastic. And um, in the documentary, welcome to Troma, uh, greetings from Tromaville. That's what it's called, greetings from Tromaville, um, which I do also recommend. Watch that uh, if you want to know more about trauma. And some of the tropes, but one of them is that it's that that car flip from that car flip. The, the footage that is used in this movie is actually from Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD from like ten years before, I think. And but they just reuse that footage for this, and it's been reused in other uh, trauma movies. So it's very funny. It's sort of the uh, the the Kabuki Man car flip is sort of like the. Wilhelm scream of trauma. So from this point on, it's the whole movie is, uh, is blood. It's boobs. It's Kung Fu fighting. It's talking severed heads. It's comical ejaculations and a character that's basically, uh, there's a character in this, uh, and he's basically like a cow person. But if uh, he's basically the character of Cowboy from the movie Freaked, if you've ever seen that movie, starring Alex Winter, also known as uh, Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> um, it is a superior film. I, I think it's, it's much better than Citizen Toxie. But yeah, there's a character in Freaked who's... I think he's just called Cowboy because he's literally, uh, I mean, they should have called him Cowman, but he's basically a, a, a cow that's dressed like a man who can talk and shit. And there's literally an identical character in Citizen Toxie. It's weird. And, um, and Freaks came out before Citizen Toxie, so um, I, wonder, I don't know. Did they know they were ripping that off? I don't know. It's a weird thing to rip off, but... Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Alex Winter, uh, 
Yeah, Alex Winter, Movie Freaked. It's very good if you can get a hold of it. It's probably streaming. Getting an actual physical copy is kind of rough unless you have like a very region-specific DVD or Blu-ray player. So, But if you can get a hold of a copy, uh, get a... Yeah, get a copy of Freaked. It's very good. Uh, and the soundtrack is fun. It's very 90s. Uh, you know what else is really good? There was a band called Winter. <laughs> it's like this heavy, sludge, fucking like stoner, doom-sounding, post-apocalyptic band from New York. And I think they only did like one album or something, but their shit's tight. Um, yeah, go listen to that instead of watching this movie. Unless you're like on a meth binge or you've been eating a lot of psychedelic mushrooms or you just smoke DMT every single day, then watch this movie. But if you're sober watching it, like I did, like, uh, don't be sober when you're watching this. That's a, I'll just leave it at that. So at some point, uh, Ron Jeremy, who's the, uh, he's mayor Goldberg in this movie, the mayor of trauma, Tromaville. He gets killed. He gets a wooden cross impaled through his mouth and out the back of his head. So that's how his character dies. Also, Corey Feldman makes an appearance as um, Claire's... Well, I guess it's not Claire. Sarah. (laughs) As Sarah's, I'm guessing, fertility clinic doctor. And he has a big, huge, fake mustache. And, um, you know, she's in the office talking to him. And you're like, oh, hey, it's Corey Feldman. And that, that's, he's only in one scene in the movie. But um, he should have been in more of the film. <laughs> you know, I think Corey Feldman... He, Corey Feldman still had, like, he still looked like like one of the Frog Brothers from Lost Boys. Like, he still had some youthfulness to him and... You know, um, <laughs> but he's not, he's only in one scene and he's like getting blown by a really hot chick underneath the fucking desk. And I don't know. It's weird. There's a lot of that. It's just gratuitous nudity and absurdity. The the whole, and it just, it just ramps up the entire time. It, like the, the movie really doesn't take its foot off the absurdity pedal. It's just pedal to the metal and through the floor the entire time. But I think the best character in this film is the character of God, played by a guy named uh, Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf, who you, if you're like an old school Howard Stern fan, you might know Hank the uh, Angry Drunken Dwarf, but his character is fantastic. I, I would have, he's dead now, but he, he would have made a re, I think a, uh, just a movie about this, the, the trauma version of God would have really been amazing. Also random fun fact about Hank, the angry drunken dwarf, um, in, it was before it, it was before, uh, citizen Toxie came out, but it was, uh, 98, so it was before this movie, um, before it came out, uh, People Magazine wanted to do like, he want, they wanted to do basically a like, the like the most like fifty most beautiful people issue, and 
But the way they they organize it was like, oh, we want the like the readers of People magazine to, uh, like basically, will we'll, whoever. It's kind of like a write-in ballot on a, you know, when you're voting or something. Where you can basically be like, oh, who do you want to pick? They don't just give you names. But let's see. Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf got so many votes that, let's see, he came in. I believe he he beat out Leonardo DiCaprio and the nature boy Ric Flair. And in 1998... Uh, Leo DiCaprio and Ric Flair were pretty famous, and uh, they were beat out by Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf, and that's how people had to publish the fucking thing, because that's what the people voted for. But um, but yeah, he he died not long after um, Citizen Toxie came out, so that's very sad. But again, I think he's like the best character in the movie. <laughs> he's hilarious. So basically, uh, Toxie and Noxie have a, a fight to the death, of course, because they're, you know, they're both uh, presumably of equal strength, except one's good and one's evil, right? So they basically a fight to the death in a hospital. And so, okay, so Sarah, Sarah's already, Sarah gets knocked up earlier on in the movie, but then I guess she gets seduced later by Noxie and somehow gets knocked up again by him. So now she has two babies inside of her, one good and one evil. <laughs> sure. So Claire gets knocked up by both of them and we're in a we're in a hospital now and she's in labor and um Toxie and Noxie are fighting and eat, and then it kind of uh, it kind of zooms into her stomach where even the two babies inside of Claire are fighting to the death because one is good and one is evil. Sure, why not? So the fight ends when Toxie Okay, again, this is going to sound crazy, but this is exactly how it happens, okay? The fight ends when Toxie overinflates Noxie's prosthetic monster penis and balls, causing them to explode. Because Noxie has a prosthetic penis that is also a monster and balls. That's a thing in the movie. He then tears out Noxie's internal organs. And through the open chest wound, so he has an open chest cavity and Toxie's just ripping out his organs. So through this open chest wound, um, the original Melvin Junko from Toxic Avenger Part 1, uh, the actor that is, emerges through his chest cavity But he's, like, from the Mirror Mirror universe, so he's, like, an evil Melvin Junko. Which doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense, but I guess, I guess it would make sense. In Toxic Avenger 3 logic, it would make sense, because, like, 
what was it the 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 the, the cheddar goblin in part three well uh, basically he melted toxie's body and inside of toxie was the original skinny nerdy melvin junko so i guess the the logic in this is like if toxie tears open the fake noxie he would also have a melvin junko inside of him except that melvin junko would be an evil uh Melvin Junko because he is also from the Mirror Mirror universe. Sure. So, so Toxie grabs the evil Melvin and throws him out the window. So, um, when he throws him out the window, they actually recycle footage from part one because Melvin jumps out a window in part one out of the health club and then lands head first into a barrel of chemical toxic waste. And that's how he becomes a toxic Avenger. So they recycle that. So Toxie throws Melvin out the window. And then they recycle the footage when he goes into the toxic waste. And then recycle the footage where he's running down the street on fire. And he's like, I'll be back, motherfuckers, if, if we do another sequel. <laughs> um, so they teased a sequel. And... Uh, Basically, uh, basically uh, Claire, I keep calling her Claire, Sarah, it's the same character, whatever. Uh, Sarah ends up having triplets. One of the babies, one of the babies who, who lives is uh, her and Toxie's baby. And the baby's like 60 pounds when it's born. It's hilarious. They, they have their baby. And then they have, um, well, presumably they had to pull out because, you know, the two babies were fighting in a room. They had to pull out the one that died because the other one killed it. They had to pull the dead one out of her, which they don't show. It's just uh, just assumed that that's what happened. And then we get surprised that there is a third baby inside of her that looks like a baby uh, Sergeant Kabuki man. The good Sergeant Kabuki Man, not the evil Sergeant Kabuki Man. Um, but that's a whole other story of how his dick accidentally fell into her and impregnated her. Um, even though that's not how uh, impregnation works. And uh, Toxie's like, what the hell? Why does one of my kids look like you, Mr. Kabuki Man? And then the everyone in the room... Uh, <laughs> Laughs and the movie ends with everyone having a big old laugh and Toxie's like, "Ooh, Mr. Kabuki Man, I'm gonna get you!" and um, and then the screen freezes with everyone laughing in the delivery room, but it's like a it's like a false ending because uh, it's not the end end end. Um, but everyone doesn't the screen doesn't actually pause. It's like uh, if you've ever seen Police Squad, starring Leslie Nielsen, it was the predecessor. Um, to the Naked Gun films, but it was a television show. Uh, at the end of every episode, someone would say something you know, silly like, "Hey, thank God we saved the day and justice prevailed," and then like everyone in the on the screen would go, "Ha ha ha!" and everyone would laugh, and they would pretend to be frozen, but then you'd have like something in the you know in the scene still moving that hasn't paused, like a monkey dressed as a as a police officer or something silly like that. So they do that in this, which I appreciated that. But um, it like fades to black and then it fades back up and there's like ending narration by Stan Lee once again because 
I'm sure they had one day to, to record Stan Lee's narration, so they're going to use all of it. So Stan Lee's basically like, he says something about, you know, oh, it's the, the ozone layer, and don't forget to recycle your bottles and cans, and and then uh, and then the movie ends. <laughs> That's the end of Citizen Toxie. Toxic Avenger Part 4, and... Um, uh, I don't know if I'm just crazy or what, but uh, if I am, contact me at skeleton underscore factory on Instagram. Um, the movie's oddly pro-life. Like it, there's a scene in like an abortion clinic where an abortion doctor gets his gets his asshole ripped out like a pink sock. If you know what a pink sock is, um, but it, it basically shows the abortion clinic as a bunch of um, just inept buffoons just uh malpractice fucking just uh, nonsense and silliness like just way over the top um and then at the end there's like toxie is just like the doctor's like oh you noxy fucked you in your sleep so i don't know if she was asleep basically he's like oh sarah like Noxie also impregnated you, so we have another baby. And Noxie's like, you know, it's not my baby, but uh, I. He says something like, "I believe in nurture over nature." So, you know, even though he's Noxie's kid, I'll raise him as if he's my own. And <laughs> so, for all you late-term abortion fans out there, especially in New York and uh, New Jersey, where this was all filmed, uh, I bet they have sort of. Uh, an axe to grind with this film or maybe not i don't know uh but that's the end and uh, just as a as a recap if i had to rank the four toxic avenger movies i'd probably say one is the best and then i'd say three would be um probably second best and mm like, I guess I would put four, part four third just because it's so... I'm basically giving it points because it's so fucking crazy. Um, it's got a lot of nudity. It's got Lemmy. It's got Hank the Drunken, uh, Angry Dwarf. Like, it has things in it that I really, really like. But, I mean, it's incoherent. It's loud. And it's dumb. But I would put it third, and I would probably say I'd put part two last but you know that lineup might change so I'm saying one three four and two that is how I'm ranking the Toxic Avenger films um, if you would like to know more about uh, trauma films uh, please check out uh, greetings from Tromaville, a very good documentary streaming. You can also go to trauma.com. They have they also have a uh, streaming service. I think it's called Trauma Now. I could be mistaken, but I think that's what it's called. It's got all it's got everything on there. Everything you would want. Um it's a shame because YouTube fucked up. YouTube always fucks up. As good as as good a content as YouTube has, they also just like their terms of service is fucking garbage. Um you know, Elon Musk should buy YouTube. <laughs> Fuck Twitter. YouTube, Elon Musk, get on that. Buy that shit. Um, you know, 
because content creators uh, are getting horribly censored on there all the time and kicked off and yada 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 and um Troma used to have a YouTube channel. I, I believe it's still up, but they used to have all their fucking movies on there for free. And because the movies are offensive and they have nudity and they have violence and, and you know, all that stuff is so egregious. They, they, <laughs> Troma's forced to kind of pull everything off of the channel. Basically it's, it's a bummer. They still have some stuff on there, but, Oh, their whole movie catalog gone. It's gone off of YouTube, but you can go to trauma.com. They have, you know, everything there. They, they do events, everything called trauma dance. They do that out in Utah. And it's basically a trauma. Um, it's like a film festival. And I, and, um, you know, if you're a filmmaker or you make short films or whatever it is that you do, you can submit your film to a trauma dance. It happens the exact, it goes on the same time, the same week of Sundance, um, the Sundance film festival. Yeah. They're in the same town. They happen at the exact same time. And I believe there's no admission fee to submit your work to trauma dance. So just throw that out there. Um, you know, uh, Lloyd Kaufman and, uh, he does, he does events. He does, uh, conventions. Um, I don't think I heard from some people who run the gas station out in Bastrop, Texas, which is where they have the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre van. And it's the actual gas station from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre that our uh, characters go and visit. Uh, I was out there and I was talking to the owners and uh, they told me that like, yeah, if you go somewhere and you meet Lloyd Kaufman, he's in charge photographs. Like he'll talk to you. He'll sign shit. He'll take photos with you. He's super fucking cool, which I love to hear. Uh, you know, who's not so cool. They told me was, uh, <laughs> the original Jason Voorhees. What was that dude's name? Oh, Ari Lehman. They said that guy's a fucking asshole. And he stole some shit from him, from, from them. I guess he did an appearance at the gas station uh, not too long ago, and they said he's a fucking nightmare. So, um, <laughs> anyways, there's there's a really there's a really shitty movie called Demented that I want to do for the Patreon, and it stars Ari Lehman and Brett the Hitman Hart, <laughs> and it looks terrible. And um, yeah, I would, I think I'm gonna watch that and and talk about it on Patreon. But what else about trauma? Hmm. Let's see. Um, actually, uh, the Toxic Avenger, as weird and, uh, uh, you know, ugh, God, it was at a time where you can make an R-rated movie and make a cartoon out of it or market it towards children, you know, stuff like RoboCop, you know, like a rated R movie where people get shot to death and people get killed in explosions and people are doing cocaine off you know, hookers' tits and shit. But that got made into a comic book and got made into a cartoon and toys and shit. And Toxic Crusaders, no different. Uh, there was a show called Toxic Crusaders that came out uh, way back when. And I believe all all the episodes for Toxic Crusaders is available on Roku and I believe Amazon. So if you want to see like a cartoon version of the toxic Avenger. And it's, I mean, it's a kid's show. So everything's kind of toned down to be like a kid's show, but it's goofy. And you know, I'm sure if you, if you're really into like teenage mutant Ninja turtles, the cartoon, like toxic crusaders is probably easily digestible for you. 
And also, I guess I have to mention that um, I believe it's Legendary Films, I think, is the movie company is working on a reboot. I believe it's in post-production as of right now. It's a reboot of the Toxic Avenger starring Peter Dinklage. And from what I can kind of dig out of the internet, uh, Peter Dinklage is... He's like a, he's a guy with like a terminal disease and I believe he has a family and he can't afford treatment for his terminal disease. And then I'm sure that has something to do with, he ends up falling into a barrel of toxic waste and then becomes the toxic Avenger. But, um, it's not going to be an exact remake of the original toxic Avenger, but it's basically going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. But, I mean, all the movies are different, so you can change the origin. Um, I thought it was kind of weird to get Peter Dinklage to play a Toxic Avenger at first, but I was like, ah, fuck it, why not? That guy can act. <laughs> like, I'd love, I love to see him in the makeup. Why not? It, w- it would take less material to make action figures for a Peter Dinklage Toxic Avenger toy. So, um, But I believe it's going to be rated R. Uh, the MPA cited that the movie would have a, quote, strong violence, gore, uh, language throughout sexual references, and brief graphic nudity. So good for them. Maybe we can dig ourselves out of this weird, um, people-pleasing nightmare world of movies and actually have something that's um, fun and maybe not necessarily for a wide audience and actually put some money behind it and put some good actors in it. Um, so the remake, I believe, is also going to have uh, Elijah Wood and Kevin Bacon, I think, is going to play the antagonist. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to keep tabs on that. I'm very much looking forward to a remake of the Toxic Avenger. It'd be great to see kind of a Toxic Avenger with kind of a bigger budget. And I believe that's going to be a film. I don't think it's going to be like made into like a series on you know Netflix or something. Anyways, that's it for me, guys. Thank you very, very much for listening to my uh, my review <laughs> of the entire Toxic Avenger uh, movie franchise, parts one through four. Um, yeah, if you made it this far, good job. I'm giving you a thumbs up right now. You can't see it, but I'm doing it right now. Um, yes, if... You would like to keep tabs on me. I am on Instagram at skeleton underscore factory. Uh, I also have a Patreon. If you would uh, like to support the show, I would uh, love some support for the show. (laughs) And that's at patreon.com forward slash skeleton factory. And I already have a couple shows up on there uh, talking about horror movies and a bunch of other stuff. And actually on the Patreon, I have guests. So in the future, uh, it's going to be not just me talking alone for hours. It's going to be uh, me actually talking to uh, other people. So that's exciting. Also, the show, the other show I'm on, Con Men, which is a conspiracy theory podcast. We're, brief, we're briefly on hiatus right now, but we're going to uh, reconfigure and retool some things. And we're um, going to hopefully be building a studio here in my house. So we'll be doing con men episodes uh, here. Those will be up on YouTube and on all major podcasting 
things. And then hopefully spinning out of that, I'll be able to uh, actually get some video content for Skeleton Factory. And I'll probably end up putting that on Patreon and maybe on YouTube or BitChute or Rumble or wherever people put videos of things. Pornhub. I don't know. Efucked.com. I don't know. Who knows? The future is uncertain. But thank you again for listening. I am going to get out of here. Please check out the Toxic Avenger and, uh, you know, all the other Toxic Avenger movies. And check out Troma. They have, like, over a thousand titles of stuff. So, um, I think the next episode I'm going to dig a little deeper into some more Troma films. uh, Stuff that I like. And I'm not going to probably do really, really obvious stuff. Like, I probably won't do Tromeo and Juliet. I probably won't do, like, Class of Nukem High. Even even though those are all great. Those are all great. I love that shit. But I'll probably uh, end up doing some stuff that's, like, that I like. That maybe, if you're a trauma fan listening to this, maybe you haven't heard of. You know? Um, maybe, maybe the little lesser-known trauma films that you haven't checked out. Like, uh... I'm probably going to do a couple of those, but I'll, I'll probably end up doing some stuff like uh, Combat Shock. I think, you know, I, I mean, it's not the best well-known trauma film, but it is a trauma film. And I think, uh, you know, some people know about it, but it's, uh, it's a film that I like. So I'll definitely be talking about Combat Shock, but I'll talk about some other stuff, too. So I'm basically going to do a part two of trauma for uh, episode 42. So, yeah, look forward to that. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Skeleton Factory Podcast. I am your host, Adam, rescuing your movie night one movie at a time. I will check you all on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.